1: Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview Mallory Mack. Mallory is a close personal friend of mine and one of my favorite examples of someone working their way up the corporate ladder outside of the classroom. Listen to our interview where we chat about her journey from teaching and working in a variety of roles, including her most current position as a senior government account manager. Hey, Mallory, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, thank you, Daphne. I'm really excited to be here. So for many of the members of the Teacher Career Coach course, you are probably a little bit um, famous because I have shared your story as long as I've had the course with my story. But for everybody who is just listening to this podcast and hasn't heard me give kind of like a general overview of you, who are you and what is your experience in working in education?
1: Yeah, great. So my name is Mallory Mack. Um, I started out as a middle school teacher. I started in social studies. And in my time teaching, I moved over to more of a tech role, as (laughs) I'm sure everyone listening here is pretty familiar. Um, We all wear lots of different hats. So um, a teacher was leaving this uh, computer applications and programming role and the principal asked me to step into it. So had to do a lot of learning that summer to take on that role. But I think where that had shifted my focus a bit was uh, more in educational technology, which kind of led me where I am today. So after I left the classroom, um, I joined an educational technology company as a professional development person. So doing the trainings for teachers, and then uh, from there moved uh, to a different role in cloud computing. And now um, I work in a, a different
0: educational technology company
1: in uh, kind of a different capacity. But I think we're probably going to get into it a bit. So I'll keep it general.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is basically you and I stepped out of teaching at literally the exact same time. Like we left teaching, I have what was it the summer of 2017? Oh, was it 2017?
1: Gosh, it feels like ages ago, but yeah, that might be right. We left on at the same year. This was our first time being out of the classroom at the same exact time.
0: Yeah, I think that was the year. But when you started to make that decision to look for jobs outside of school districts, what ultimately led you to start exploring your other options?
1: So I I wasn't a huge fan of being a classroom teacher. I didn't quite understand that. Um, I kind of just thought everybody was a little bit miserable at work. So, you know, when I was I had moved, I moved from uh, Arizona to California over one summer, and I kind of left without a job. So I was applying to jobs in California, I was interviewing um, the schools that I was interviewing at, I just really couldn't see myself there. Um, So I just started kind of looking elsewhere. I was like, gosh, what else? What else can I do? Am I able to do something, you know, like a corporate trainer, I really didn't know. So I just started looking on, you know, Indeed, or those other job sites for something that I, I, you know, I thought I could handle and that they would want to teach her for, um, which is where
0: I started. I remember when you got the job as a professional development trainer for the educational technology company, you and I had one of our first training sessions together and we looked at each other and we said what is our job like we don't really technically understand and Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we even were interviewing for the position because you and i just really hit it off as Mm -hmm. you know co-worker friends and real life friends at the exact same time we started talking about even the interview process the way that they had presented the position i was personally so jaded that it seemed like a scam, like they were gonna say, like, oh, you have to buy $5,000 worth of, you know, (laughs) computers and sell it to people, because it just wasn't presented in Mm -hmm. the way that it actually should have been. And I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that I took a chance on that position, because I had kind of a feeling in my gut. No, this is the one. I know, I had a similar feeling. I I was
1: remembering yeah thinking about that time thinking like i can't believe this is a real job you know like this is like a perfect fit for someone leaving the classroom um did they Create this specifically for me to trick me into giving them money or something. Yeah, yeah, we thought it was a total scam. Who knew? Was yeah, that so- us though, or was that was that the job posting? Like whose really fault was that?
0: I think it was the onboarding process and the job posting in itself. And just for listeners who are curious about where that disconnect was, a lot of it was <laughs> A lack of leadership in a positive way <laughs> as well, but basically just us having complete autonomy, which was a shock for us. They oh, yeah, totally. they started paying us right off the bat and paying us well and saying, "Okay, we trust you to own these professional developments. So put them together and figure it out." And you start next week. Here is you know a paid hotel room in a cool city and all of your food's paid for, but. You know, you got this, and once you have questions after you're done with the first few ones, reach out and get some supervised feedback and you'll just continue to grow and get better. And we're like, hold on. I know. You know. I I honestly think that was, I
1: think it's worth noting that that position was a contracted position, right? So mm-hmm. that may be the kind of the nature of contracted work or freelance work is that you're the expert here and we trust you to kind of do your thing. And that was totally coming from such a micromanaged environment. We were like, wait, hold on. No one's going to be coming in and watching me and
0: writing down every single detail on a piece of paper and,
1: you know, giving it to who knows in the ether.
0: Yeah, so that was a shock. So what was it about your very first role that started to open up your eyes to more possibilities outside of the classroom? Because what we're really going to get on is just your entire, you know, career trajectory has been so impressive throughout the past few years that I've known you, you have grown and become such a successful businesswoman and such an inspiration that I I wanted to share all that. But I know that very first role that seemed, you know, on paper. It's an independent contractor role. Where we do professional developments. How did that open your eyes to other opportunities?
1: Oh gosh, that is such a good question. You know, like putting myself back in my shoes at that time, I just had no idea. I had no idea that this role was going to take me in this, you know, direction in my career. I had never even imagined. I think some of the things that started to to open my eyes to it were just when, and Daphne, you remember when we would would do these professional developments to a room full of teachers. We would have teachers approach us you know after the training and say how did you how did you get this job this seems like a really good gig and i was like you know it really is <laughs> you know like i have so much more free time than i used to i can kind of make my schedule how i want to um i really enjoy doing these trainings and kind of helping teachers along um you know better understanding technology and getting more comfortable with it this is truly like a dream come true so that was the first thing that set me off to knowing for sure, uh, because you and i you and I struggled with this that first year. Like, do we go back to the classroom? You know, like is this just kind of a little bit of a a stepping stone in a way or or just a pause in you know our career, which is being a teacher, or are there some other opportunities? And I think what started to open my eyes that there's a whole world out there that is accessible to me was um, just the folks that we worked alongside. So we worked alongside these uh, salespeople that were selling software and selling hardware, um, meeting other folks in the educational technology industry that did all different types of, of functions uh, within, within the industry. Um, and they said, oh gosh, you're a teacher, like how valuable how valuable is that you know you're such a credible person Um, sales would be great for you business development type roles would be great for you so um, yeah it was really the encouragement of people around me once i had my foot kind of in the door so to speak
0: i love that you touched a little bit on the network component of that very first position that we had because that was huge a huge game changer for me as well and you know there's that saying that goes, your network is your net worth. Well, Mm. teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom are probably listening to this. And what happened probably prior to this podcast or prior to my Instagram is they know one or two teachers who left the classroom And they maybe kept in contact with them. Maybe they text messaged with them from time to time. But that's really the extent of former teachers that they knew. Mm -hmm. And we got thrown into these positions. And our eyes opened to an entire industry of former teachers in a variety of very, very, very impressive roles that Mm -hmm. had worked their ways up the career trajectory of whatever path they wanted to. And we were able to identify... These are very real possibilities for us. And we had people rooting us on saying, oh, yeah, you're, you know, only a few steps away from if you wanted to make multiple six figures a year, we would absolutely help you find that opportunity. And I think just always keeping people who you feel inspire you and people who are impressive in their own careers as close to you as possible, whether that's networking on LinkedIn, whether it's just listening to podcasts that inspire you and they're speaking the language and reminding you that you're very capable of doing the things that you want to achieve. But I think that wasn't a world that I would have pursued or understood on my own until I was kind of thrown into it. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally 100% agree with that. Um, Another thing that I believe was a game changer for you and I when we first started working in that very first role together was I think that some of the perks that came along with that position were ridiculous and very hard to give up. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite perks of that position?
1: Definitely. I mean, I mentioned it a little bit, but I think the biggest shock to my system, and I had to like literally I felt like a, a child that I was like asking the, the folks that we worked with, like, am I supposed to have this much flexibility? You know, like I could wake up and go for a walk and stop at a coffee shop and maybe open up my laptop at, you know, nine thirty in the morning for the first time. Uh, and that was just such a a, a difference. For me in just my quality of life. I, when I was a teacher, I would have to get up and work out at like four o'clock in the morning and then get to school, work all day, and then I coach, which I'm sure lots of other folks do as well. So I didn't get home till like seven o'clock. I get home, I had to do my grading, you know, maybe throw in some laundry. And then all of my weekend time was, was made up with, um, planning my meals and getting things done and going to the grocery store. And I can so clearly remember at that time, um, just not having very much money. So I would be like with the, the newspaper open, looking at all of the ads, like what's on sale at the grocery store and what can I make with that? So having so, so much more time, um, just to kind of use my day how I wanted. And then also just having so much more money was like a shock to my system. It would like opened up, you know, the world to me uh, in a big way. But I think the other thing that was so great about that position was just the travel that we got to do. <laughs> you mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier um, saying we got these great hotels in a, in a cool city. And, you know, we were there to do a few trainings throughout the day and um, network with folks and meet teachers and IT directors and other people in the industry. And, um, you know, just to get to hang out with each other and like, have a drink with each other. (laughs) You know, that was just such a different, it was so different um, than my experience
0: working in the schools. Yeah, Yeah. Invaluable. I was also started to fall in love with the travel component of it. Just being able to have basically paid vacations, but with these people that I really respected and admired that I got to work with. And also spend time and learn from and have fun with was really an invaluable experience for me. As we were working in that educational consulting position, you actually left, I think within the first year or so for a higher paying gig. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that was really useful in growing our network in that position was we got a chance to work with all different types of partners. So this, uh, we worked with a particular partner um, who offered professional services and used us for for training for education because their main industry was was not education but they did sell into k-12 so we were definitely the experts in that space of course because um we were teachers and we talked to teachers all the time so you know we were useful to them in that way working with that partner and being able to build that relationship um what ended up happening is one of the partners from that company um went to a, a different company in in a way better position for him. So uh, working with that partner, uh, how that developed into a better opportunity is he actually ended up moving roles uh, within his tenure there as well. And at his new position where he had, uh, you know, just more influence in his job, he asked me if I would be interested in a position there. So, you know, just being able to show people your skills and build relationships with them um, that's how not only I got that job, but that's how I got my my job that I'm in currently too. Is just being recommended for something,
0: um, you know, by the people that you know. So I'm gonna come back and circle around, and we'll dig into what that job exactly was. But I think you touched such a valuable point that I want to talk about is that throughout the last you know five years, you've held three, four different titles at two or three different companies. And a lot of teachers who are listening, they're nervous to switch careers once. And I know that they look at moving into their next career as that better be it. You know, I'm looking at this name, maybe it's a sales enablement manager. I'm looking at the name of this title and I'm not quite clear on what it is. But this might have to be my forever career because teaching is supposed to be a forever career, and it's very hard for us to understand that once we get into new positions, there are opportunities to leave, and it's not stigmatized whatsoever. Everybody celebrates you and says, "You go, girl! You got twenty grand more than the last <laughs> position, or forty right. grand more than the last position, or a hundred yeah. grand more than the last position." Absolutely, you need to take that opportunity, and. I think that when you were actually in your positions, because you built such strong connections with everybody that you were working with, I'm not saying that every week you got thrown a great opportunity, but you had built such strong connections with people in so many different places that they did absolutely reach out to you and and offer you the higher paying positions and say, yo, quit that job, come over here. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I think what's important to point out with this
1: piece is I wasn't doing anything special. You know what I mean? I wasn't like going way out of my way to do this. You know, I think you can attest to this as well. Uh, Just being yourself and knowing the uh, being a specialist in the information that you know and the experience that you're pulling from. um, It just it just kind of works out. You know, it's not that I, I knew anything special or I was doing anything really special um in order for that to happen to me it just it just happens the more that you get to know folks and and just doing a good job just to
0: add to that not that you're an overly humble person you are amazing and i hope that you know that but it's not just necessarily luck for you you are highly professional you're really articulate you're able to be thrown into a variety of situations and meetings and. Hold your own and be confident and speak and ask questions and come back with follow up action items, regardless of what they're asking you to be in that meeting for. And I think that that resonates a lot with people. But yes, like it ultimately comes down to companies are looking for culture and attitude fits and they can teach you the skills. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I think one of the reasons why that was such a natural fit for me to be able to do that is honestly pulling from that experience that I had in the classroom. You know, like I mentioned in the beginning, I was a middle school teacher and you have to be really ready for whatever, like whatever's going to come at you. Uh, Maybe you have an IEP meeting in the morning. That's really not a great situation. And there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of stress. And, you know, it's your job to mediate the situation and have a lot of really great answers because some of these folks have a lot of really great questions. So uh, I think what what was challenging for me to understand and now is is very clear is that experience that you gain being a teacher and dealing with those really sensitive situations that that you're thrown into, like without much guidance, right? It sets you up so nicely for the world of work and in a way that I think that other folks don't get. You know, if they're starting out in a you know entry level type role (laughs) they may not have that that experience so huge that that's a huge thing that I, i i didn't understand and i hope that um by listening to this folks do understand another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
0: So that role that you went to, can you remind me of what your actual position title was there? Okay. So when I left the professional development role, I moved into
1: a role that was a partnerships manager. And I took that job because um, it was higher paying and there were skills there that I was looking to learn. So this was at a cloud consulting firm uh, and working in educational technology for that uh, about two years that I worked in that role. um, I was learning that having instructional knowledge is really valuable but there's a lot of other stuff that you can know so there's this whole other kind of technical piece that is part of the whole equation so i was looking to learn about that and the cloud and SaaS, uh is a really big piece of the whole equation so that's the reason i took that job it was higher paying there were skills i wanted to learn It didn't end up being a great fit for me. It wasn't focused on education, which I know now is definitely something that I need to kind of feel grounded in my work. Otherwise it just seems arbitrary and
0: you know. Um, It seems like you had a struggle finding an intrinsic motivation with that particular position. It just was solely based on we are making money and you couldn't really see how you were being helpful. That's exactly right, you
1: know, and that's that's really important to me. I think that there are, of course, people that are motivated differently, but um, staying rooted in, in education, I know, is uh, something that I need to feel fulfilled at work. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a short tenure. I think I stayed at that that role for about a year, but. I made a ton of great connections there. I really learned so much. I think coming from that, the instructional piece where my job was to talk to teachers about curriculum and instruction and how they use technology in their classroom, um, learning about this other piece of what's what's important to businesses like how are we generating dollars that was a whole thing that I had never ever thought about Um, I didn't have any experience in it so that really set me up nicely for these roles that I have had now at my
0: current company and so you moved over to company number three which is where you currently are and what was your first position that you moved over at company number three so there I worked in partnerships as well Um, so So uh, it was a
1: strategic partnerships role. It was pretty similar to what I had done at the previous company. But this company that I work at now is um, focused in K-12 education. So there was a, a similar function, but a little bit of a different focus.
0: And let's let's talk into your history working at that company, because this is, you know, it has been your happy place. You have found a company that Ha- shares your values and has also allowed you to continue to grow in your own career path. So let's just dive into your very first position there. What was your job um, specifically as like a partnerships? Uh, was it a partnerships manager? Yes. Yeah, so I was. <laughs> the title was strategic sales
1: alliance manager. So it was kind of a fancy title, but it it was it was titled that way uh, for a specific reason, which is within a Oh, and another distinction I want to make here is the company that I worked at before. So, company number two was a services company. Uh, the company number three is a product company. What that means is they make their own product, uh, and that makes a big difference in the in the kind of work that you're doing and and how you're interacting with partners. So. At company number three, I initially joined. um, I was focused in revenue generation and I had a counterpart in partnerships who was focused in product development and research. So um, it was an important distinction to make in that title to be called a sales alliance person. That makes a lot of sense to folks in the industry when they're working with partnerships managers. That's pretty common to have, have a dichotomy like that.
0: Something that I talk about a lot in the teacher career coach course is just the variance of titles a lot of people kind of back themselves into a corner and they try and look up education partnerships manager and that's <laughs> the exact title mm-hmm. but unfortunately there's always going to be a variation of titles there's always it's it's written by a hiring manager who's writing what they need to write and they really aren't as concerned of what they think you're searching like you're the one who has to know to go in and dive and read the actual job descriptions itself so that you know what you're signing up for at this company number three this is the second time we crossed paths it's also a very great example of how me building relationships opened up doors for me because as you were working there there was an opportunity to work as an instructional designer and you actually brought me into that company to work for um, alongside you uh, within this educational company, but in the capacity of instructional design. For me, I've always stayed in education, but I've really wanted to focus on building my technology skills on like building and being creative. And Mm -hmm. so it was a really great opportunity for me to learn a little bit more about company number three and um, work with you. During that time, that's when I know that you started to explore how you are going to continue to grow in this company and I think where I'm the most impressed is just how open to new possibilities you are and how excited you are for these types of challenges because this last job where you are at right now is probably one of my favorite fits for you personally. So can you share what you do now currently at company number three?
1: Yeah, so um, through that partnerships role, um, we brought on a consultant to help us with government relations. This was kind of a new area that we had not explored. We didn't know how to talk to state level decision makers. Um, Nobody at the company did. So we hired this consultant. It was my job to manage that partnership. So understanding how to talk to state level decision makers and help them understand how our technology is going to fit with any legislation that they were proposing or any budget allocations that they had set. So yeah, it ended up being a, a real passion of mine because I, I never really knew what I wanted to do. You know, I went in my my bachelor. I got my bachelor's in political science. When I started on my master's, it was a master's in education and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it. And I tried out teaching and that wasn't quite for me either. So now this is like a perfect intersection of that government political science and government experience and my uh, education passion. So this has been a wonderful fit for me right now and uh, it's been such a pleasure just to be able to learn and I think one another thing that I want to talk about for your listeners is I've worked in two different types of tech companies a really well established large one and one that has been it, it was a startup when I first started and it has now grown in beyond startup land. And it has been two, you know, totally different experiences. And I think one thing that I have enjoyed about working in uh, the startup environment is that you have a lot of room to fail and learn and bring those learnings to the folks that are looking for them, because that is what they're looking for. Like what works and what doesn't work. We really want to understand those two things. So that has been a treat for me. I know that's definitely not For everybody, that's a that's a lot of stress for a lot of folks, and I totally understand that. But I have really enjoyed
0: that. One thing that I've learned about working at startup companies, as well, and just to clarify, the only two experiences I've had post classroom are the exact same ones that (laughs) Melody's talking about. Um, (laughs) But the experience that I had working amongst startups is the startup that we worked at is one of the more established fastest growing it's a very well known for a startup but one thing to know about startups is that's where you'll have the most opportunity to actually sit next to some of the most brilliant people out there and have conversations with them because the engineers and people the ceos who are building these startups those are the opportunities where you're gonna have to actually see something built from the ground up and you'll have knowledge that you can take basically anywhere you go after that experience.
1: Yep, that is so true. I I definitely have come across some of the most thoughtful people uh, as I've been at this company. Um, they have taught me so much, not only about, you know, how we're generating dollars, but also thinking about those things from uh, an ethics standpoint and, um, An instructional standpoint and a pedagogical standpoint. And so I love being around these folks that really actually care about students and that's the center of their work. Um, And they're, you know, really, really believing that the products that we're making and offering are a true benefit to students. Um, And I think, like I I mentioned, my company number two, um, it was very Dollars generated focus, and there wasn't much of an underlying piece beyond that. Um, so, as you're as you're experimenting with you know different positions and different companies, it's just something to think about. You know, you don't have to be at a company and feeling like oh, this isn't quite a right fit for me, but I'm stuck because you're not.
0: I know that that was something that was huge. I mean, you know how motivated I am by ethics in a lot of different ways where both of these companies that I've worked for, I've almost been backed into a corner kind of looking at everyone like, okay, who's doing something that I actually disagree with? When is this company going to embarrass me and I'm going to have to take a stand and have to leave? And there would be times that I would be on a flight being paid by company number one And their name would be trending on Twitter. And I'm like, all right, this is it. Here we go. And then it would just be that they did something great, really nice. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, working for companies that you know value teachers and education, working for companies that you know share your ethics and morals is huge. And you'll be happy once you find a fit that works for you. I want to go back all the way to the very beginning. And I know we touched on it a little bit, but five years ago, when you, you know, stepped out of the classroom, however many years ago it was, would you have known that all of the stars would have aligned and you would have found yourself in the exact role that you are at today?
1: Definitely not. I didn't even know that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, my my view was so narrow as to what are jobs,
0: <laughs> which which sounds funny, you know, but it's, it's definitely true. Yeah, I had no idea. And I think that that's just a valuable lesson that I want everybody to understand is even myself and my own experience, I came in as you know an educational consultant or professional development uh, trainer and I learned some skills. I started learning how to be a confident public speaker, um, but I also saw all of these branches of opportunities, whether I wanted to go into sales, I could have made that jump just from a professional development position i could have gone into a high level sales position i could have gone into you know customer learning or um creating the professional development programs which is something that i ended up actually pursuing that was Mm -hmm. where i wanted my career trajectory to go so basically if you're looking to get started you just kind of have to get started and to keep it realistic a teacher with five years experience and with their masters in political science, would they have been able to get the position that you have today if you didn't have all that industry knowledge? No. No, that's fair. That's, no, you don't have to be embarrassed about (laughs) saying that because that's, I'm, scared that people look at those positions and they apply for those positions and that's fantastic but you have to know that if it's asking for five years of experience within the specific industry you might have to take a step back you might have to get into an entry level or a higher paying entry level position to leverage yourself and learn within this new industry so that you can work towards those types of goals
1: yeah i think that's exactly right i would say that i could not objectively could not do this job when i first left the classroom although my education would suggest that i i maybe could there was a lot that i needed to learn so while it may feel you know not great to have to take more of an entry level position if you are looking to leave. I promise there are skills that you are going to learn and maybe you really enjoy that position and maybe not. Um, I think to Daphne's point, Once you're in, once your foot is in the door, there are so many opportunities that now not only do you get to see, but you get to see folks doing them and understand, okay, what does it actually take to do them? And I think, Daphne, like thinking about you, where you were looking to go and what you were interested in within this realm of educational technology, there were certain technical skills that you didn't have, like building a website, making a podcast, you know, making the instructional course, like, You had this, these first iterations of these things and it truly was a first
0: iteration. (laughs) Hot garbage. Just absolute (laughs) doo-doo.
1: Not great. But you know what I mean? Like you have to, exactly like you're saying, you just have to do it. Like you just have to do it and try it. And I think one of the things about you that is so inspirational is that you ask the right people for some help like, okay, I'm not quite sure how to do this thing. Um, Can you show me or can you give me some tips and then make iteration number two and make iteration number three. And I honestly think people get so hung up on the fact that I need to have iteration number four ready to go when you absolutely do not. And having that expectation for yourself just limits uh, what you're able to do and you're going to be stuck. So, you know, just start, just do it.
0: Well, this is an excellent opportunity to segue into speaking of hot doo-doo, just absolute garbage. Mm. You spoke about it a little bit at the very beginning when teachers came up and started to whisper and say, how did you get this position? Mallory, you know this, and I've told you this, but a lot of listeners probably don't know this. You and I basically sat down and talked about how I wanted to build a course and a community to support those teachers. Mm -hmm. Like I had to Decide to make that, and when I say doo-doo and "heart garbage," I'm talking about the first iteration of my course was probably 2018-ish, and the first time that I took a pass at it before I learned all the technology skills and before I started being able to scale and hire, you know, human resources consultants and resume writers and making sure that all all the packages were put together perfectly for teachers. You were there to help me decide whether or not this was a good opportunity to help support teachers if this was something that I would be, you know, shamed off of the internet if I even started my own Instagram about it. Yeah, right.
1: Because it is such a stigmatized thing. And I think even still, you get some uh, criticism about it. You know, like, no, these people, you know, we have to keep them in these positions that maybe they're they're not super happy with.
0: I wanted to just really talk about basically, Mallory, what I want the listeners to know is you're pretty much the co-founder of the Teacher Career Coach (laughs) community and (laughs) idea in general. But inside the course, we talk about salary negotiation. And that actually all came from you. I sat down and I had a beer with you right oh, boy, outside Long of Long Beach, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, tell me everything you know about salary negotiation, which is something that we could do an entire podcast about, but it's inside the course and we're not going to dive into it today. But there have been so many members because I didn't know about salary negotiation and you also didn't know, but mm-hmm. you started reaching out as you were finding these new roles. You were reaching out to people who were pretty skilled in it and you've not to put you on the spot and we don't have to talk numbers, but you've done some very impressive things when it came to creating your own contract and getting a salary raised as you're entering in these new positions. So I've had course members who have used the methods that you've actually shared with me, and they have landed positions that they said that they used you know all the calculations and everything And they negotiated 10,000 more than they were planning on or 12,000 more. I know. Snaps for that. Well, this is, I just want to thank you so much for helping, you know, create everything that we created together and just being a wonderful friend and supporting me through all the ups and downs of creating this and battling off the trolls that told me I was yucky for doing it. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. It has been, um. Such a treat, honestly, knowing you, Daphne. I don't think we've ever even gotten to say this to each other, so I'm so happy that we have this space to do it. But um, yeah, growing in this way with you, seeing how you've kind of taken from that very first year and steered your career, I am constantly bragging about you and what you have grown this into and just how how much you truly care about this project. Uh, and these people that benefit from it. So, um, yeah, it it was a
0: delight to be on here. I hope uh, it was helpful for folks. Oh, Um, God, it was so good. And I cannot wait to see you in person the next time that you come to California. Yeah, well, I'll be there. I'll be there soon. I'm really excited to see you soon. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom here today. It was such a great episode. I know people are really going to learn a lot. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) to give a huge thanks to Mallory for coming on and sharing so much great information with the Teacher Career Coach community. We covered a lot of important topics today, which you can find in this episode's transcripts linked in today's show notes if you'd like to review any of the information that was discussed. If you've been enjoying the Teacher Career Coach podcast, one of the easiest ways you can support it is by leaving a rating and a review. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the very next episode.